0: Thank you for joining us here at BLC. Our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now, here is Pastor Gary Toney. Welcome. This is Communion Sunday. I uh, do want to take a second. I, I, I realize that uh, uh, I was talking with some of you earlier. Uh, I guess we we messed up your stall, huh? You know how we we you know we're creatures of habit. And, and you came in, and your place wasn't your place anymore, right? And you're like, what the heck is going on? Well, we, we got our new cameras in, and so we got rid of all that big old bulky stuff that was blocking everybody's view that had to sit behind them. And so, uh, you know, technology, yeah. Technology's a good thing, so we're glad for that. But, but, but uh, here's the other thing. The reason we didn't tell you is because change is good for you sometimes, you know, it's good for you to get mixed up a little bit with some things so that we don't get so stuck in our rut. Yeah? I know some of you are like, yeah, some of you are like, no, preacher. If it ain't broke, don't break it. Well, we have a different saying around here, don't we? Anybody know what it is? If it ain't broke, break it. See, sometimes you need, to, you need to mix things up a little bit. And so, uh, with that being said, the other, the other exciting thing is, um, next Sunday, praise Jesus, uh, our new carpet will be in. Yeah. No more No more espresso stained. I mean, it looks like, I mean, there's some places you got to chalk out a spot like something may have happened. It's so bad. You know? but uh so anyway so next sunday so those of you that are helping just uh, be, right after service we've got a crew of, of volunteers the ushers are that are going to start taking chairs out so if you if you would just kind of help us out a little bit and go ahead and take your fellowship on out into the lobby uh so that they can go ahead because we're going to take all the chairs out today that way our crew could start fresh first thing in the morning is that okay i mean this is your church right okay appreciate your help today let's get into this let's pray father In the name of Jesus, let your word come alive in our hearts today, that we may represent, glorify, exalt you above all that is in your name, Jesus. Let's start in 1 Peter chapter 2. The Bible says that you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Did you know that you're royalty? Now, I know that you may be looking in the natural at your life today. You're thinking, man, I I don't feel royal. I don't look royal, but I think some of that is, that's all carnal stuff. If God says you are something, we, that's right, Jack, you are. Huh? You are chosen. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his light. Watch this who once were not a people, but now, say now, now, but now we are the people of God. You see, the thing about communion, communion is for the people of God. Amen. Now, let me explain this because I'm hoping that all of you got your elements as you came in, but if not, we'll make sure that you, you have that at the end of service, but understand this today communion is for the people of God so if you're in the room and you're not born again or maybe you're watching today and you've never given your life to Christ all communion is if you're not born again is a religious practice that's all it is it doesn't mean anything but the moment you give your life to Christ you become this new creation in Christ you're a new being in Christ at that at that moment That little wafer and that little cup of juice take on a completely new meaning. I want you to understand something today. A real person left a world that you and I can't see and came to this one and gave his life. If it was just you, he would still have come. So I am forever grateful for Jesus because I know the person I used to be and I know the person I am now, right? You see, communion is possibly one of the greatest acts of humility that that we can display while we're here on the planet. It's it's really, if you will, our our reverent acknowledgement of who Jesus is, what he did. You've been reading my notes already, Josh? (laughs) What he did, but also... Who he's made us to be. You understand that through the dispensations of time, the writers of old throughout the scriptures talked about our day. They looked forward to our day. We are the born again. I know a lot of people don't comprehend the realities of all that entails, but you and I as the born again, we are are no longer mere humans. Now, I know we have to deal with humanity. I'm not saying that you're an alien, so don't make it weird. You still have to go through humanity, but understand that this, according to the the Apostle James, this little window of what you and I call time is just a vapor, and then we're going to turn the page on this thing. And see, you and I have to be aware of these things in our day-to-day. See, the Apostle Paul, when you look at his life, I think his, his statement sums it up perfectly. He says this, because of all I've done, I don't deserve to be included in the family of God. Now, you may not know this, but the Apostle Paul used to be Saul the terrorist. The dude terrorized believers He would track them down. He would have them arrested. He would have many of them knowing that they would be executed. He was accomplished in all of these things. And so he understands where he came from. He understands the things he has done in his past life. But in his letter to the Corinthian church, he says this ridiculous statement. I have done no man wrong. Why? Because that old guy is dead. He is a new person now. Because of all, that I, all I've done, I don't deserve to be included in the family of God. But because of God's grace, because of Jesus, I am who I am. See, that's, the, that's really my testimony. Many of you have heard my story. All of the stuff that I've done in my past, I, why would he pick me? huh yeah, you know what's crazy? y'all come every Sunday and listen to me <laughs> God is good, right? Because it sure it sure ain't me, right? God's good and if he'll use me, then be prepared. He'll use you. See I think it's important for us to be open to these things and one of the things that communion does is it serves as that Holy Spirit-inspired reminder. At the end of the day, it's only because of God's grace that we are the people we are. He'll empower. Now, that, listen, so often I find people that they've, they've gotten enough of a revelation to Jesus that they want him to just do a, a magic trick for them. But have you read the Bible? I mean, they go through stuff. I know we would love it if Jesus would just, you know, wave his hand and boom, but... Man, they go, they go through stuff. Jesus said, in this life, there will be tribulation. He actually takes it a step further. He says, those who live righteous for me, you're going to suffer a little bit. The world's not going to accept you. They're not going to roll out the red carpet. Oh, Christian, wait, step, step aside, everybody, Christian. <laughs> Don't laugh too hard because there will be a day when they will do that. Amen. Make no Make no mistake. There will be a day when that will happen, but that's not today. Yeah. Listen, listen to the book of Romans. And what I've done is I've taken uh, the message paraphrase here because I really like the wording in it. We've read this many times. and uh, as a matter of fact, I think I may have quoted it in our previous series. But listen to out of Romans 8. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. How many of y'all think God knows what he's doing? Amen. Yeah. He decided from the outset... To shape the lives of those who love him. Watch this. Along the same lines as the life of his son. He's gonna shape your life in the same same line that he shaped Jesus' life. See, when you hang out with Jesus, here's the thing: you don't listen carefully. You don't have to try to do or be something. When you hang out with Jesus, According to what the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians, there is a transformation that takes place. According to the book of Romans, chapter 12, when, when we allow our mind to be transformed and change the way we think, we become this new person, that, 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 that begins to manifest in your life. You didn't have to try to make it happen. Come on, man. You, you start responding to that stuff inside you. And the Bible says that the Son stands first in the line of humanity that he restored. We see the original intent shape our lives in him. Right? And so after God made the decision that what his children should be like, you see, God's already made a decision of what you should look like. Our job is to sit at the feet of Jesus long enough for that to take place, for that to manifest, for us to see it, And then to step out in it. You see, guys, as people of God, God will provide. Have you ever heard this, that God will make a way? Now, I know a lot of times we're believing. Jack, we're believing for God to make a way when we're wanting the blessings, and we're wanting the promotion, and we're wanting favor. But what if he meant more than that? What if he meant, Josh, what if he meant he's going to make a way for you to share your testimony on Tuesday afternoon? you got to be ready, man. And you do have to go to work because he might be a co-worker that he wants to do. it. We have to be ready if he's going to make us. So you don't have to force. Listen to me. You never have to force the gospel on somebody. Never. But now you do have to be ready when the opportunity shows up. See, I think, I think for, for far too long, the church has been this inclusive group and we've, we've allowed opportunity after opportunity to just slip away because an opportunity showed up in aisle seven at Walmart and you didn't realize it was an opportunity to be a witness. You're just like, mm, whatever, man. But that was God's, he just opened the door for you and you're like, and then you're like, later on, you're like, what was that you? No, it was the devil trying to get you to share Jesus. No, we have to be ready. Are y'all okay? Yeah. All right. are, are you ready? Yeah. You think about Jesus' sacrifice for a second. I don't know if you've ever taken the time to kind of meditate on this. But when he came to the planet and he laid all deity aside and was born of a woman, And in my intelligence, I can't even comprehend what took place there. But he laid deity aside. All of of his godliness, the the Bible in Philippians lets us know that he put all that aside and took on humanity. And he allowed them to kill him. Now, now, let's, let's clarify something. Jesus was not a martyr. Nobody took his life. He gave it. He allowed that to happen. I'm getting ahead of myself, but but he's the lamb slain before the foundations of the world. But you think, Derek, you think about his sacrifice. When he came and he laid all that aside and, and took on humanity and died for us and shed his blood, he knew that some people would reject him. He knew that there would be millions of people that would not receive his sacrifice. And see, one of the things that, and the reason we do communion, the way we is because it's always fresh in our thinking so that when you have these opportunities, you understand who you are. You realize the price that was paid for you to have this eternal life that you have. And it's not just about getting to live forever in heaven. It's about us being examples, being like we talked about for the last four Sundays, ambassadors for him right now. And you don't have to be this deep theological religious person. You just have to be you inspired by the Holy Spirit. Because we're all different. Our personalities are different. Yeah? And so for me, as your pastor, well, y'all know I'm country as the day is long. I'm probably not as country as country is. You know, he'll go out his back porch and shoot a deer. I can't do that out my back porch. I got a neighbor. (laughs) Are you with me? And they'll probably call the police on me. But you have your own personality. There will be people that will connect with you. There are people that connect with you. But instead of trying to always come down to their level and just hang out where they're at. Huh? You know, you'll never fly with the eagles if you keep hanging out with the chickens. Amen. Sometimes you have to rise up and be who God's called you to be. See, this is the thing. Communion is, <clears throat> it's our God-ordained reminder that Jesus is broken body. That his shed blood—that was the price that was required. Now, now I want you to think about this for a second because God knew from the very, very beginning. You—you you remember I, I, Jesus is the Lamb slain when before the foundations of the world. So, so think about this for a second. God wanted His plan from you. Understand? God is omniscient; He knows. Everything, all right? From God's perspective, there is no future. Now, hang, hang, hang with me for a second, because some of you, I might lose you. There is, there is time, as you and I know it, doesn't exist in God's world, okay? And so, in, in the sense of eternity. Now, from our perspective, there is a future, but from the eternal sense of who God is, he's all-knowing. And so, he knew that Satan, Lucifer at that time, was going to rebel. Before he even created man, he knew this was all gonna play out this way. You know why? Because he wanted a free people to pick him. That's what God, God wants a family that freely chose him. So he put this in motion knowing Satan would rebel, knowing that Adam would fall, knowing that, that he, he would be deceived by, by the enemy and the enemy would take over manipulating people on the planet. But the seed, was there already. You see, when Adam fell, you go think about this for a second. The the whole sacrifice thing, shedding of blood, that that stuff that took place, that was from the very beginning. Everything was pointing to Jesus. The minute that Adam and Eve sinned, the first thing that God did was sacrifice. There was bloodshed to cover them. He killed an animal. And from there until Jesus came, sacrifice. That was a type of Jesus. But when Jesus took his blood into the Holy of Holies, it was forever settled. When he hung on the cross and said, it is finished, that's what he meant. See, now you and I, we have this new covenant because God knew how this would play out from the very beginning. And so now that you and I have the opportunity to pick, you get to... I thought he was getting ready to go back into worship for a minute. (laughs) But when you look at some of the prophets of old, when they see, for example, the prophet Isaiah, and you think about this. The Holy Spirit gave this guy such clarity on what was going to take place at the cross. And looking through time into the Spirit, Isaiah sees what Jesus is going to do hundreds of years before he came. And in chapter 53, he says this. He, talking about Jesus, he was despised and rejected. A man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. What's he saying? That he was going to embrace everything that you and I deal with. And then he makes this statement, and we, talking about humanity, we turned our backs on him. And we looked the other way. He was despised and we didn't care. Yet it was our weakness that he carried. Huh? It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles, what? Now, listen carefully here. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sin. You see, a lot of the religious world of that day, they thought God was punishing Jesus because Jesus said he was the anointed one. But there's another side to that, too. When you go back and you look at the story of Abraham and Isaac, you remember that story? Two of you? Okay, let me tell you then since y'all don't remember. See, Abraham is a type of the father, and Isaac is a type of us or a type of Jesus. And God, you know, after how, how many years did he wait for Isaac? 25 years, right? Yeah. So he finally gets him. And then God says to Abraham and Sarah, Give him to me. Huh? Now I know we we say stuff like that and we're like, oh yeah, give you my only son. Really? God? Huh? You look at that story, Abraham says, Okay, I'm going to give him, just like God did for us. So Abraham takes Isaac up on the mountain. Huh? Isaac's got the wood he's got the fire he turns to his dad hey dad uh, where, where's, the, where's the sacrifice because they know Abraham's, or Isaac's been raised in this he knows he's probably sacrificed many a lamb for his religious practices but this day there is no lamb there's no sacrifice where's the sacrifice he's the sacrifice huh but when Abraham gets into the altar... Now, you, you got to... Guys, at this point, Isaac is probably young teenager at this time. So it's not like he just hopped up on the altar. Like, okay, Dad, go ahead. I, I, would, I would submit to you. I'd say Abraham had to force him there and tie him down. Had to hold him down. I remember when I was little, real little, I fell on a chair and cut my eye open. And, and my mom... You know, now this is before technology. You understand? I think we had a horse and buggy when we went to the doctor. <laughs> no, not, not that. But I remember them taking me to the doctor. We, I, we still lived in Louisiana at the time, and uh, and I'm freaked out. You know, blood's everywhere, all over me, and my mom's freaked out. And uh, the doctor comes in, and they've got to sew me up. This is probably why I'm scared of doctors today, because they took this white cloth with a hole in it and covered my whole face except for this. All that. <laughs> And then I, then I see this needle coming. <laughs> I know. That's why, that's why I'm scared of doctors today probably because that dude of, just terrible. But my point is, I remember my, the point of the story. My mom was laying across me, her and another nurse, holding me down. Because if, if you'd been in the waiting room, you was gone. Because I was screaming at the top of my lungs. <laughs> it didn't take but two minutes, and then I was okay. But man, huh? I'm sure Isaac was probably going crazy there for a minute. You know? And then right before, God sends the sacrifice. But that is a type of what God did for us, and He fulfilled it. Jesus gave up His life for us. The prophet goes on to say this, but we, or but He was pierced, watch this, for our rebellion, crushed for our sin he was beaten so we could be made whole he was whipped so we could be healed see the thing that you need now you have to realize the prophet is seeing what jesus is going to take for us not just saving us from hell but he redeemed us completely spirit soul and body Today, when we gather around the Lord's table, I want you to let Isaiah's words kind of inspire you to see that in your new covenant that you have with God, it's much, it's much more than a passage to heaven. Huh? I talk to people all the time and we, we get caught up in with what's going on with life. And we really don't want... Now, I know there's. I know some of you not this way, but we really don't want God to interfere with our life. I do what I want. Anybody ever said that? Y'all looking real spiritual this morning. Yeah, I do what I want, preacher. Really? No, you don't. If you're married, you definitely don't. Huh? See, when we learn to yield to the things of God, and we, we embrace our discipleship, we embrace our new life, we, we see what God has done for us much more than just a passage to heaven. It's at that moment that we begin to realize and embrace what Peter said in the beginning of our talk. Listen carefully. We are. We are a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We are his own special people. We've been called out of the darkness. Hmm? And now we are the people of God. This is why Paul makes statements like this. Hey, guys, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. Because if you get the revelation of what he's saying, if you begin to embrace that you are a son or a daughter of God, all of a sudden, you look at people different. This is why the Holy Spirit has to help you because eternity is is your world. That's why Paul would make statements like, what can man do to me? What you gonna do? Huh? Kill me? Okay. I graduate the day you do that. Paul said, it is much better for me if I stay here with you, but it's much better for you if I stay here, but he said it's better for me if I go. It's far better over there. That's that's, that's the world that we all have promised to us, but the life begins the moment you accept the sacrifice. See, this is the thing that communion does. It kind of helps give us fresh perspective because it's easy to get caught up in the day-to-days of stuff, isn't it? It's easy to get sucked into those things, and we let the significance of what Jesus did, unfortunately, become nothing more than a religious tradition we do on Sunday. And see, this is why we have talks like this, because I don't want to ever allow, as, as my congregation, I don't want communion to ever be a religious tradition you do. Don't ever grab those elements just because, well, it's, they got them today, I better take it. No, you don't have to take it. You don't have to. You get to. And, and so as, as we talk about it, in just a few minutes when you have those elements in your hand and you're holding them, it's real to you. It's not just some practice that you're going through. One of the main reasons that we take communion together as a family is so that we can honor his sacrifice, that we can you know, remember what he's done for us. It reminds us that, that his, his grace is unearnable. It re- reinforces our righteousness of who we are in Christ. And even though it's this very simple thing that we do, it, it also, in, in, in the scope of eternity, it, it, it is our declaration that we have a king. Huh? That he died for us. He was resurrected for us. And then he accomplished this great thing, giving us the same kind of life he has. See, the the book of Colossians tells it like this in chapter 1. Jesus has reconciled you to himself through the death of his physical body. Jesus did this. You can't earn your way to heaven. You will never be good enough for heaven. See, a lot of, but, but guys, a lot of Christians think this way. You're a good Christian boy. You shouldn't be doing that. Well, there's some truth in general, too, that as a Christian, there are things we should and shouldn't do. But in and of itself, that doesn't, that doesn't really bring you to the place of righteousness. Because if you, if you sum up your righteousness based on your goodness, then you will also sum up your righteousness based on your badness. Because there's going to be days you don't qualify. There's going to be days you fail miserably. And it's on those days that you need to be able to look to him the author and finisher of your faith. Jesus has reconciled you to himself through the death of his physical body, and he has brought you into his own presence. Watch this. And you are not, not going to be. You are holy and blameless as you stand before him. Without what? Huh. I like that kind of Jesus. I need that kind of Jesus. Now, now that doesn't—I've had people like, "Well, preacher, you're just giving people a license to sin." I've been doing this for a little bit. They don't need a license to sin. (laughs) Mm -mm, They sin. Let me rephrase that: You sin, we sin, huh? So let's not get confused here. I, I think it's important that we realize it is only through what Jesus did that we are these righteous. That's why Paul said, "It is only by His grace that I am what I am." And I know I say, I probably say this every time we talk about communion, but I think it has to be said every time we talk about communion because I, I think people have a tendency to, 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 to drift away. See, you know, it's, I think we've found ourselves sometimes in, 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 the, in, in church mode. You ever done that? I, I sh- should I even dare to say this. Have you ever found yourself... Judging somebody else for what they did? <laughs> yeah, okay. Y'all just stay quiet. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> See, guys, communion, listen carefully. Communion isn't for perfect people. It's for people that realize, that recognize their need of a Savior. Amen. See, this is what Jesus has done for us. Communion is this immortal, eternal declaration of God's amazing grace on our lives. Because in and of ourselves, man, we're just, we're dirt. That's it. But because of Jesus, man, I love Jesus. You know? I mean, he, he, has, he has blessed us with a wonderful life. Does that mean we're, we're exempt from challenge? Just the opposite. We have a real enemy. Why do you think the Apostle Paul addresses the young minister, Timothy, as a good soldier? See, a lot of people in the American culture, in the American church we live in, we don't even understand the term soldier. We think soldier is something on a video game. Well, anybody could be a hero on a video game. Well, I couldn't. I couldn't even turn the thing on. But (laughs) I'm sure Caden, he could show me how to do it, right? Yeah. See, we have to understand that God is, I think we're living in a time where God needs people to stand up and embrace who we are. Listen to Paul. He continues in Colossians in his letter. In chapter three, he says, so since you have been, have been, since you have been raised to this new life in Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. For you died to this life And your real life is hidden in Christ. See, communion is really that God-inspired, anointed reminder of our new life. We have this new life. And I know there are times in my journey on the planet as we're going through our our, our life of faith that there are times that I'm like, God, where are you at? You ever ask that? God, where are you? Huh? Well, he's always the same place. If you're born again, he's right here with you. But he's not just going to overtake your life. If he did, he would just overtake everybody's life and you get saved and we could just wrap this thing up. It doesn't work like that. See, communion is that reminder. It it provides that much, I, I think sometimes that much needed kind of spark, if you will, that little nudge of encouragement. Hey, guys, come on back in. Let's draw a little bit closer to the Lord today. I know you're going through some struggles right now. See, some of you, you may not be going through some struggles. Some of you, you may be living large right now. You may be like Abraham walking in the blessing, and it's all that and then some. And then he says, can I have Isaac? Yeah. See, this is the, listen, guys. We're all at different places in our journey, so whether you're on the mountaintop or you're in the valley, listen, you have to still be the same with God and be able to draw near to him, come close to him. Don't think you're something you're not. I can promise you this, the closer we get to Jesus, the greater our influence will be with other people. You won't have to try to come up with a scripture. You won't have to try to be this good Christian boy You'll just be one because his nature starts showing up inside you. Yeah. See, I think when we do this, it's his personality inside us people see, his nature that they see. And of course, you all heard me say this so often. And his nature is what? Love. His nature is love. I know love is one of those things that can be challenging to us sometimes, but It's who God is. God is love. That's what John lets us know. Paul writes in his letter to the church at Colossians, love ties everything together. Now, I'm not talking about emotion love, because if we wait on emotion to let us know if we love somebody, well, we—they—it's—in the words of of Paul, it's easy—well, I'm paraphrasing, okay? It's really the words of Tracy. Uh, Uh, (laughs) It's easy to love the lovable. Isn't it? But what about the one you know? John, what about the one you don't like? What about that guy? Huh? Come on, Josh. We got our church answer. I know especially that guy, but I'm not talking about in church when the preacher's talking to you and the Holy Spirit's giving you a big hug. I'm talking about on Tuesday afternoon in the break when they show up. How about then? You get up and walk out. Oh, you messed up my lunch. No. See, every time, every time we take the bread, every time we take the cup, not only are we embracing the love that God has for us, but we declare it over our lives. His never-ending, undying love. That's why he came and died for us. See, it's, it's that love that makes us his. That new creation in him. And what you need to realize is that because of that, he's calling us, he's anointing us, he's appointing us to go out so that he can, be, he can express himself through us to somebody. And I'm telling you what, man, love, it, it, it's, a, it's a powerful force that we really don't want to give place to because we're such emotional people. Because I'm mad at you right now. Huh? Well, you made me mad. And so, uh, I don't like you right now. No? Y'all, I mean, y'all looking at me real good. But isn't this the truth? This is how we are. So often we find ourselves this way but God will empower you. We were talking. Who was I talking to? It was, well, it was one of your girls the other day. We ta- I said, well, listen, use your, l- use your faith. Or was it Alyssa? Uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to call her name, but then dad points her out. <laughs> but use your faith to be- believe God to give you the strength to walk in love, to forgive. Yeah, see, I, I know we believe in God for the promotion, for the new thing. Right. Let's believe God for strength to love the one that you would much rather just, <laughs> <laughs> Not me, I, I not, huh? <laughs> yeah, right? Maybe it's our friends in Wisconsin watching us today, John, right? If, if y'all are watching, shout out to you. Don't karate chop nobody, okay? (laughs) See, here's the thing, guys. Communion is one of these things that will help us to refocus. Paul says it like this, make the most of every opportunity. Live these reverent, faith-filled lives. This is why he told us every time we take it, every time we participate in communion, we got to have our mind right because communion Jesus said every time you do it you are proclaiming my death until I come back when you take that you are you are acknowledging not just in this room within your own soul but you're not you're acknowledging before all the hosts of heaven Jesus died for me you are accepting that and I know as irrational and maybe Unreligious as it may sound. Guys, in the middle of your worst situation, on the other side of your biggest failure, Jesus' broken body, his shed blood, still stands eternal for you. Boldly declaring, I made you new. You belong to me. My blood says so. See, sometimes we have the tendency to discredit the power of the blood because we think religious junk. You got to stop that stuff, man. God knows everything about you. So this afternoon, when you fail miserably and you say the thing you, you, you wish, you, you, you're trying to get those words back, but God already knew. So just go on and man up and repent. And then go, are you ready for this? I know this is probably too practical for you all. Go apologize. Say, I'm sorry. Not with your three clauses. I'm sorry, but. No, 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 no. Just I'm sorry. See, you can't blow it. Guys, you cannot blow it so bad in your life that Jesus' love is not there. You can't. You can't. You can't. See, sometimes I I think one of the greatest things I love about communion is it it helps me to redirect where I've been distracted, where I've slipped away. So often, I, I think, we allow, I think too often we allow the enemy to get into our thoughts and deceive us with condemnation. Some of you today the enemy's probably wearing you out. you going to take communion today? You know what you did, don't you? Last, you remember on last Wednesday? What about, what about uh, Saturday night? You remember, you remember last night? And he will just be relentless at you. And what's sad is people, because we have a, a, a lack of knowledge of the things of God, we, we, the people that call ourselves religious, we jump on the bandwagon and we've, we just pile on that condemnation. Yeah, if I, if I was you, I probably wouldn't take it either today. If I did what you did, mm, not in this house. Amen. Huh? The shed blood of Jesus and the love of the Almighty Father is stronger than anything you've ever done or will do. Amen. Huh? Yeah, but what if I've already done it a thousand times? Well, then go repent and come back. Right. It's okay. See Jesus this is the this is the radical thing about it Jesus still you you got to wrap your head around this Jesus still went to the cross for you knowing how often you would fail him he still went to the cross for you knowing that you would continually do your dumb stuff and reject him he knew and he still went for you Isn't that incredible See, this is the thing, but, but religion, man, it will manipulate you, and you'll, you'll begin to think you're something you're not, you're not worthy, you're not, no, in and of yourself, you're not worthy. I don't care how good you are. Paul said, I was the Pharisee of Pharisees. He said, I blew him. He, you know, he, Paul, Paul was the Michael Jordan of Pharisees. He was it. Go read it. He was. He's bragging on himself. He said, I, I was it. He said, I, I blew all y'all out the water. He went to the greatest schools, sat under the most advanced theologians of his day. He said, but I count all that as a pile of dung. Y'all know what dung is, right? If you don't, you can ask somebody later. He said, all that stuff that I did, those accomplishments, compared to what Jesus did for me, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. See, this is the thing. Somebody gave their life for you. Isn't that crazy? Listen to Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life that you inherited from your your ancestors. And it was not paid with gold or silver, which lose their value, but with the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb. God chose him as your ransom. Long before the world began. But now in these last days, he's been revealed for your sake, my sake. See, this is why Paul says things like this. If our hope in Christ is only for this life, then we should be pitied more than anyone else in the world. Because we... we, we make their sacrifices. We, we develop our discipleship. We try to follow Jesus, and we do all these things. But if, if our hope in Christ is only for now, if we don't have the eternal glory of heaven awaiting us, the promises of God for us, then we should be pitied. But hallelujah, we don't have to be pitied. We are the favorite of God. Huh? We are joint heirs with Christ. Today, as we take these simple elements, you reflect on your personal journey. You rehearse the sacrifice of your life. And it doesn't matter how long you've walked with Jesus. The reason we like to talk about it is so that it's fresh in your thinking. I know many of you, you have the great testimony that you have walked with Jesus your entire life. Praise God for you. We all haven't done that. And I've had people tell me, man, I wish I had a story like yours, Pastor. No, you don't. I wouldn't wish my story on anybody. I would have much rather, Cash, I would have much rather been raised up in the Lord and definitely had some hair like yours, man. Ow! My boy. <laughs> huh? With, here's the cool thing. With our new cameras, I can, I can go get y'all now. Oh, yeah, we can, we can just go right around and find. I mean, they, they'll do a 360. I can find any of you. So don't fall asleep. <laughs> you might be a sermon illustration. Huh? Yeah, it would be great to be raised when I watch you're all's kids. When I watch, even, even though we, we struggle with stuff, Alyssa, it's okay. You've been raised in the things of God. You're going to change the world for Jesus. You understand that? That's the cool thing about this. Guys, when, 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 I, when I watch these kids grow up, where's, where's Michaela at? I can't talk about her today. She's serving somewhere? See, she's serving. What is she, 14? 14 going on 21. <laughs> Back there serving. Guys, th- this is what I love to see. But, we, I mean, but we all, you know, our job is to make sure that they have these great testimonies. Hmm? That means we've got to be about it. So when we take these elements today, let it settle into our spirit. Listen to this passage. You're going to like this one. We're almost done. Y'all okay? Actually, I think I'm going to get out of here early today. Look at that. Glory. But I'm not done yet, so don't, don't jinx me. <clears throat> Psalm 139. Check this out. This is the psalmist speaking to God, worshiping the Lord. He says this, you saw me before I was born. So, just in case you're confused about abortion, Psalm 139, all right? No more. But while I'm, while, since it's here, since I brought it up, now, now listen, look, can I get serious for just a second? Because this is the power of what Jesus will do. Chances are there's somebody watching me or somebody in this room that's had an abortion. Listen to me God's mercy is new every day. You made a mistake. Give it to God, and don't touch it in your thought life again. Amen. Give it to God, and don't touch it in your thought life again. God loves you, and he'll, he, has, he, he sent Jesus for you. And if you did that, you, you know now, but so it, don't go back, all right? But for those people that believe this is okay, it's not okay. Not okay. Ungodly, all right? Father, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. You mean God's got a book on you? Wow. Every moment was laid out before a single day came to pass. See, God, he's got a great plan for you. See, this is the thing. For me personally, one of my favorite things communion does is it brings me back. It dials me in. It helps me refocus. You know something I've discovered over the years is this as a pastor. If we're always focused on ourselves, then our life in Christ will always be out of focus. You know it? So today, reel it back in. Not out of some legalistic obligation, but because Jesus has secured your salvation. He loves you. He understands exactly where you're at today. Remember, communion is not for perfect people. It's just for people. God's people that know they are saved by Jesus alone. Amen. Honey, can I have my. Thank you. She said she was going to throw it at me, but I probably. It probably hit BJ. Anyone hasn't been served yet, if anyone doesn't have communion, just raise your hand. We've got ushers that will bring you one real quick. Just let them know if you haven't gotten one. Hallelujah. Just take a moment. Here's one up here, guys. Just take a moment. When we take this today, just, just get your thoughts settled. Lord Jesus, this simple wafer in and of itself, it's absolutely nothing but today. According to your word, every time we do this, we acknowledge you, we reverence you. God, we thank you today that, Lord Jesus, that your body was broken and beaten for us so that ours can be restored and healed. Today, we take that Today, we look to you and remember the sacrifice for us. Today, Jesus, we honor you. We give you all the praise. We acknowledge you as our Savior and our King. And according to your words, we take this in remembrance of you. Amen. And Lord, the cup, this simple act of faith on our part stands for the eternal blood that covers our sin forever, that has made us these brand new people, a new creation in you, Jesus. We thank you. We humble ourselves before you and we acknowledge today throughout the eternal realms of heaven that we are your people we are a chosen generation called the children of God because of this sacrifice of our King. We love you, Jesus. We honor you today. And according to your words, we do this in remembrance of your sacrifice for us, amen. You know, I never want to finish out a, a talk without giving you the opportunity whether you're in the room or you're watching us right now or maybe listening, Uh, Amanda told me the other day we've got a group of people that, that are in Spain that have been following us for some time now. So if you're listening today, God bless you all. But wherever you're at, in the room or listening or watching, if you've never given your life to Jesus, today's the day. We're not talking church membership. We're talking about a relationship with the Savior being born again. It's a simple act of faith. You don't have to know everything about Jesus. You just have to believe that he died and rose from the grave for you. And if this is you today, if you feel that nudge in your heart today, then say this simple prayer with us as a church family. Lord Jesus, come into my life and make me new. And from this day forward, Jesus is my Lord. Heaven is my home. And I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you said the prayer, if you're in the room, let somebody know. Stop out at our information desk. For those of you watching or listening, you got to tell somebody, man. your Your new life starts today. Embrace it. Be willing to take steps of faith. For those of you, now remember, this week, take the opportunities God gives you, the doors that he opens for you. Be bold enough to step out in faith and be an expression of him, amen? God bless you all. We love you. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next Sunday. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.